Welcome to Attorneys Are Human 2, Episode 18, Politics Runs in the Family, featuring Representative Emily Slosberg. I'm your host, Steve Wallace. We're joined by our co-host, Alina Music. Let's get right to it. We have a true pleasure today. We are joined by Florida State Representative Emily Slosberg. Hi, Emily. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me today. Okay, and as in the title, we're called Attorneys Are Human Too, and like myself, you're also a licensed Florida attorney. So I guess our first question for you is, what made you decide to become an attorney? Good question. We all get in, we all go to law school or or become an attorney for different reasons. My reason is really personal. I had an eye towards running for state office, being a legislator who drafts and creates and votes on laws. And in 1996, it's a very tragic story. I I was involved in a car crash. I had lost my sister and yeah, and I was almost killed. And growing up, it's a unique thing to have a twin sister. It's a very unique bond. And we shared clothes, we shared a bedroom, we shared everything. And I honestly could not imagine one day without my twin sister. And then what happens is we get into this massive crash. Uh, There were seven of us in the backseat of a two-door Honda Civic. The driver was nine years old and he was driving. He was seatbelted in. His friend up front was seatbelted in. The car we had hit, they were all seatbelted in it. And it turned out after the 90 mile an hour crash, out of the seven of us sitting in the back seat without seatbelts, five are dead, including my twin oh sister. My. Oh. Yeah, and I'm the only walking survivor of the back seat. And when I remember getting out of that hospital or, or in the hospital and, and I didn't know what had happened. It, it's, I, I had no idea. I, I was in a lot of physical pain, and I noticed that I had not seen my twin sister visiting me at the Delray Hospital. And I said, I wrote, I was on a respirator. I couldn't even breathe. I, I was on a respirator. Where is Dory? That's my twin sister. And my father, for the first time at hospital, I said to my dad, how do we get through this? How do we go on? Because I don't want to live without my twin sister. And, and he said to me, Emily, it's what we do after a tragedy that determines whether it remains just a tragedy. We're going to do everything. What I did, I, I got out of the hospital and I, I started off actually when I graduated college becoming a substitute teacher and taking this video about traffic safety to all these students in high schools letting them know the dangers of driving with you know without seat belts with speeding with being reckless letting them I wanted them to personally know so I, I touched a lot of students and then after that I decided to go to law school and learn the laws and learn how to uh, think ra- the way lawyers think and, and with an eye towards being in the Florida legislature and so I graduated law school I, be, I practiced for a little while. I did some family law, some employment discrimination, and then ultimately ran for office and won won my first election in 2000 states in the nation that hadn't made this a primary offense. And so I did everything I could. I I went, I I mean, I don't do, I didn't do the traditional things of just filing the legislation. I filed the legislation. I visited counties and cities throughout the state, getting resolutions of support for the legislation. I did press conferences at every city and county meeting. I just, I every, as many press conferences as possible to get, bring awareness to this issue, to bring also survivors and, and also those who had lost loved ones to texting and driving. And I just, I brought together like just a community of families, members of victims and survivors. And we took it to Tallahassee and we got the legislation passed. And it's just, it just has recently been passed. And my next major issue is going to be the hands-free in the car to, to require right. hands yeah. Because I remember the community organization that I'm involved with that we were a big advocate for. And I believe that the last, the bill that you're talking about, that passed during two sessions ago. Yes. And so, 
And so if you could just enlighten our listeners, if you could go into a little more detail on the bill that God willing, you'll get reelected in, in November, the hands-free bills, if you could go into a little more detail. Absolutely. So the current law says that the currently y- you can be pulled over if you are caught texting and driving. So if you're texting and driving on the roadways, but you're holding a phone to your ear, you, if you're holding the phone to your ear, you're not violating. You, you cannot be pulled over because you're, if you're permitted to talk on the phone or hold the phone to your ear. However, in, currently under, in school zones and in active construction zones, you cannot hold the phone to your ear. It's, it's hands-free in school zones, active construction zones. So what my bill would do would make it hands-free so you cannot be holding the phone to your ear while driving everywhere. So it wouldn't be only applicable in those specific uh, areas of, of school zones or, or active construction zones. And, and I think this is something that's not a big leap because it's already the law in certain areas where we have more vulnerable people, where we have construction workers and young kids walking, vulnerable kids walking. So I think this is something that our state is ready for. And it's not like we're going ahead of all the rest of the states because there are a plethora of other states that have already passed this legislation. And I think it seems like common sense. And I'm just wondering why our state is behind the curve, not ahead of the curve. Yeah. I am too, because I'm from New York city and in New York city, that's standard. So when I first moved here, and I see people on their phone, I used to get so frustrated because I'm like, they're going to kill someone. Oh, absolutely. This is, and, and putting together like 16-year-old drivers with a phone in their hand, it is a deadly combination. It really should be a, an offense that it's more dangerous than many of, of the other driving offenses. And so it is common sense. And I think, I think this isn't a big leap. So I think we will... I'm going to do everything I can this upcoming session again. I, I filed it last session and didn't get too much traction. And, and I'm going to file it again this session and every session until we get it passed. I, I'm not going to give up on it. Okay, great. So just to circle back a little bit on your bill that you passed a couple sessions ago, how, how many sessions did it take you to get it passed? It took me, I, I filed it in 2016. I filed it in 2017. And then 2018, we got it passed. Okay. I was... I, yeah, we, it went from not getting a hearing and never got a hearing that first, that first session. I actually, I tried to file it as a local bill knowing that I really couldn't, but I, I just wanted to try to keep getting traction and, and just people talking about it everywhere. And so I, I just kept filing it every which way I possibly could. I filed it as amendments, like the, there's specific rules with amendments and, and, I, and they, were not, they were not in the rules, but I just kept trying to file it on everything until I, I got it through the right way through 2018. So along those lines, obviously traffic safety for many reasons is your passion. What advice would you give to newly minted drivers on how to follow the rules of the road? Yeah, so it is, especially at that age, it's so important to really understand that something like the loss of a loved one or something like a serious injury to you can really happen. I used to think that it can only happen in movies or it happens to other people or it happens on the news, but this is something that can really happen to you and it has a devastating effect on your family. And this is something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. I still, I'm, this happened when I was 14 years old. I'm 39 and I still wear this ring, my twin sister's ring on my finger. I have not taken it off. This is something that 
affects will affect you the rest of your life it has affected me the rest of my life and there was a time too that i used to hide under the front seat of a passenger car in, in the passenger seat i was scared out of my mind to get into a car i had broken my leg i had punctured my lung broke my ribs i had my leg was fractured in five different places it was a compound fracture i had to learn how to walk again and this was stuff like this is it's unbelievable when it happens to you, but it's something that can happen. And so my advice is to wear your seatbelt, not to crowd in cars, not to speed, not to text and drive, not to pick up the phone and drive, because it just takes one time. It's just one time and, it's, and everything changes in a second. And you know, I, I, I would, it's, it's just very important that we don't think that this cannot happen because it, it definitely can. And, and it's, we need to be careful out there. I'm so sorry you, know, you have to go through this, but the good news is you took a very negative point in your life and every day you're working hard to, to protect folks and I commend you, Representative, on your public service. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you're making a big change in something that we don't think of. Most legislation only affects a small segment of our population. It might be a business segment or a, you know, just some smaller segment, but this like traffic safety, it really affects all of us and our guests and our visitors because we're all driving on the roads. And it's something, you're right, it's just, it's not really, it, you're not really thinking about it until something really bad happens to either somebody that you love or to you. And it's just, it just, because we do it every day. The one thing that I noticed, because I'm also from New York, I'm one of those darn New Yorkers, is when I moved down here, because we have people from not only all over the country, but all over the world, and the, the traffic laws are different, it's a pretty crazy and scary, task when you're on I-95 in rush hour dealing with folks that look are looking in the mirror doing their makeup on TikTok, Instagram. It's pretty scary stuff. So I'm so happy that you're working hard to get that amendment passed. Absolutely. Yes. Can I ask you what your views are because of all the technology and now they're trying to come up with these autonomous vehicles. How do you feel about that? Because that scares me. <laughs> it just scares me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That is, I, I, me personally, I'm not there yet, but I do think that is going to be uh, tremendous steps for the future. I think we will get there eventually. I think the there's an argument to say that these, these they, they might operate under less, or, or you know, they might become smarter than individuals, these, these smart cars or these autonomous vehicles. We're, we're not there yet, definitely not there yet, but I think we, we should be looking towards that in the future for sure. Despite the 50-50 uh, breakdown in population, there's still not a lot of females in the legislature. So what advice would you have for a, a female that's looking to get into politics and ultimately become a member of the Florida legislature? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I have to tell you, I'm also the vice chair of the Women's Legislative Caucus, and we are a strong caucus. Like when we come together with ideas, like the, in 2018, we, we actually got together and all decided, we voted on different bills to put as our priorities. And our three bills that we had prioritized, which was, the, one of them was the texting and driving bill, had actually, they had all three passed. So that, it was a great, it was great for a lot of women to come together with priorities. But for young women out there thinking of running, you can do it. You don't let, I'll never forget when I first, in 2016, I was pretty young when I first started running. I was, maybe I started running in 2015. I was in my young 30s. I was, my, I was in my, I was younger. And I'll never forget, a lot of 
I made a lot of appointments with a lot of community leaders that were older men and, and, and they were like leaders of these clubs and these groups. And I sat down with them and I asked them for their issues because I wanted to know what would be important to the community when I got elected. And I just kept going. And, and a lot of the, I got a lot of, a lot of, I would say like condescending. Some of them were condescending. Mm. Oh, you're just a nice girl. You're just a nice girl. And so I, I said, you know what, even if you think I'm going to win or not, I'm still going to represent you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to come back. I'm going to get your issues again. I'm going to work hard for whatever you're, you bring up, you bring to me. Cause I'm, that's what I'm going to do when I get elected. And, and I ignored it. I just, I just under, I saw it and just ignored it. And it, it kind of actually added fuel to the fire that I, you could do this. Don't let anybody tell you can't because I, I, you just have to just say thank you and smile to those people that kind of con are condescending and, and make it seem like you can't get things done, but you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And, and I would tell you, it, it, it encourage you to vote, to run for office as, ma as many, if that was, it was something that you had believed in and, and had wanted to do it. You hear family. that, Selena? You ready? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, my next question that, that I have for you, and I'm sorry, Selena, I'm monopolizing the conversation, is other than traffic safety, what five issues are you, are you prioritizing this legislative session and what have you been prioritizing during your legislative career? Yeah, so this upcoming se session, first and foremost, probably we're, we're gonna have to deal with the public health issues. We're also gonna have to deal with Mental health has been a priority and remains a priority of mine. And given a lot of, there's been a lot of additional mental health issues with the COVID and, and depression. And so I think another big issue is going to be, and, and I think we're going to try to address it in the upcoming session, is mental health. Um, number three, senior citizens. My district is the second oldest demographic in the state. <laughs> yeah, and so senior citizens is a top priority. Um, animal cruelty, it's, I've actually, within the last two weeks, have been, actually have gotten constituents calling me about certain animal cruelty issues that have been coming up. So I'm, I'm going to be, I have worked on it previously. I filed animal cruelty legislation in 2017, and I'm going, I, I plan, I have at least one, maybe two animal cruelty bills that I'm going to file. And number five, this has been interesting. It's student government, the laws regulating student governments. We have, we've had an issue at Florida State. Senate body president has made some anti-Semitic website and some other derogatory terms towards Jews. And many of the Jewish students do not feel comfortable with him remaining as their Senate president. And there hasn't, you know, there, I've, I actually attended as the, I'm a incoming chair of the Jewish legislative caucus and I actually attended their meeting and he refused to allow me to speak on a Jewish wow. resolution. Yeah. On a, uh, it was just, it was, he's as he had the discretion to say, I don't want any guest speakers on this resolution. It was, it was viewpoint based discrimination. It, it really was. He knew why I was, what I was going to say about the, I was in support of a resolution defining anti Semitism. We're working with the Knowles for Israel to form some um, additional ways of removal of student body elected officials so that we can ensure that there's none of that kind of stuff going on and, and ensure that it's, it's representative of the student body because it's just, I mean, that right now there's just really no way of removing him from that role, even if it makes many of the Jewish students feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that was, it was, it's very, it's a difficult issue. And I'm, I've been working actually um, hand in hand with the president of the Knowles for Israel because 
I have him now going and setting appointments with all my colleagues in both the House and in the Senate to ensure that the legwork is going to be done and that the students get to air how they feel. It's probably, these are virtual meetings that they're setting up. It would be nice if it would be, you know, personal, but we're not, we're in the COVID age. What would you like to ask Representative Slosberg? I'm, I'm in shock that someone like that wouldn't be removed a, a little bit easier. So, especially given everything going on in, in the country. Uh, so that to me is shocking, but I'm glad that you're taking the steps necessary because th I have no tolerance for any of that. And I feel like we need to be more progressive. Uh, the world has changed so much. So I don't, I really have no understanding of people like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I have another question, though. I, I, I did want to bring up, what are your views on climate change? I, I keep seeing everything going on in California, and I'm like, okay, I'm in the sunshine state, but who knows what can happen? Yeah, our, our environment is incredibly important. And, and yeah, this is, it's horrible what's going on over in California. We, we do have to look at our regulations. And I'm also, I'm very, um, I'm for the environment. I, I know my, I have, a, I, I have an opponent who's also a, an environmental activist and I'm, I share, I share those, his beliefs in protecting our environment, protecting, yeah, and in fact, I actually, some, another piece of legislation, which I haven't discussed is also about, and I'm planning, I, I'm actually looking at working on, is about protecting our drinking water because mm. legislation filed recently, it's been passed. We've, as opposed to we previously had every 12 months, we would have inspectors from the state come out and inspect our underground storage tanks for fuel. And it would be every 12 months, at least one annual inspection. And that has been changed. That was changed to at around 18 months. And it's not every underground storage tank. So now what I'm looking about doing is coming back and requiring those yearly inspections for, because that's where our, our our water is our and it, it's just devastating if we wait too long for something to happen and we don't catch it within 18 months or even longer and we have to be vigilant we have to be on top of it and so that's actually another an environmental issue that ha that was brought to me it's a, a priority of palm beach county when it mm. comes to our environment and so that's something i'm going to be working on next session but also we also have had the issue of and i know that the community organization is very against building on our on our ag land and so i think that's a county issue but i i am very close with some of our county commissioners and our county mayor and and, and we'll be advocating against any types of development on on those lands we appreciate that because that's right in our backyard so yeah yeah that's it's a big issue it's a big topic and i, I don't I'm, I'm i'm not aware of anything like today happening but i, I will talk to the commission and ensure that i voice my my opposition to any type of development that that is planned or Excellent. Oh, and the climate change is something that, like traffic, affects everyone. 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 So I have another question, which I just, I want to know what your views are right now on helping people suffering during this pandemic financially. Stephen and I, we, we, our office does foreclosure and bankruptcy, and we see a lot of that. And with the moratorium for rent, I find that there's going to be a lot of people who can't pay their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I fear that it's just going to go down that rabbit hole of the de depression. And what are your views on, and what can be done to help these people not lose their homes? It's a, that's a great question. And I, I, I've had 
hundreds of constituents reach out regarding their unemployment assistance and, and also with these concerns of, of possibly not being able to pay their mortgage or when the moratorium ends, actually going into foreclosure. And so what, you know, from, if it, if it was necessary, and I'm not sure, like I, right now we're at the stage where banks are cooperating and allowing some discretion to put those later payments due at the end of it, and which is what I'm hearing from some of the constituents that were worried that have looked into it. But if they don't, if there is no, if, if, they're, if they are going to try to foreclose due to this uh, right after the moratorium ends or if there aren't re- re- rescheduling of the payments or, and putting it all back in, the legislature is going to have to act. We're going to have to ensure that we, we don't, that there's not all of these foreclosures and that people don't lose their homes. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to come up with some type of restructuring requirements if necessary, because it's just, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to help out you know, those who have, lost their jobs and lost other things due to this COVID situation. I think that's something that we're, that's a really a real concern or try to put together some type of plan to help some type of grant or some other, something of that to these homeowners who aren't able to afford their payments. We're some type of short-term relief, similar to a business loan or something like that. We're going to have to do something. Okay. So we, we hear a lot of how contentious the Florida House is, and it's not very uh, collegial, but who is your Republican bestie in the Florida House or the Florida Senate? I'd say Representative Jackie Toledo is the Republican. Okay, and she, if my memory serves me correctly, she worked with you on, on the texting while driving bill. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's nice to see that you're able to find some common ground despite some philosophical differences. Yeah, we, we made a really good team. She worked a lot of the Republican part. I worked the Democratic part. And, and we came together, like, discussed everything that we possibly could that could come up in committees. We were up very late into the night during this bill. We, we had filed it two, two sessions together. She's a, a mother of, of five or six children and very, this was actually very close to her heart as well. Excellent. So for those of our listeners that don't know, and you touched upon at the beginning of the episode, your father also was in the legislature. So when you decided to run for office, what advice did your father provide you both as a father, as well as like a political mentor? Yeah, some of the some of the advice that he told me was make sure to assemble a good team. Your office is and it is so vital to have a team behind you. And that's exactly what I did. I have Ed Soul, who's my legislator. Oh, he's phenomenal. He just knows everybody in the community. He's a leader in the community for years and very friendly and understands how to to talk and deal with people and and, and understands who to call, when to call them. And then my legislative assistant is Jack Anderson. He's also, he's- Yeah, he's great too. Yeah, phenomenal guy. And so I I, I took that advice and, and I put together a great team. Another piece of advice he told me was to pick my battles. He said, you can't win every battle. You don't go to, you just, you have to give a little bit at, at some point and just know what's really important in the process. And, and so I think that also is, was critical advice, especially getting along with, getting along with, with the other party, with the Republican party, being a Democrat and, and just working together across party lines. You can't change everyone's mind. You guys can't agree. You can't agree on everything, on every policy, but we can still work together. So what is your favorite part of being a legislator and what is your least favorite part about being a legislator? My favorite part about being a legislator is 
being able to create this public safety policy that's going to save hundreds of thousands of lives in the state of Florida. I really, that is really something I've dedicated my life to is trying to save lives. And, and I, it's just such a satisfying experience to actually have this legislation pass when good legislation passes. Negative, I would say just the opposite. I have had, I've had, I filed legislation. A lot of my legislation is from constituents who have lost somebody or have a personal issue that they're trying to address. And just last session, I filed legislation for a, a woman who had lost her son in just a, a very tragic way. And I, I filed some legislation on his, on their behalf. And it just didn't move anywhere. It did not make it out of committee. It didn't make it anywhere. It just stayed, died in its first committee stop. And she was just devastated. Hmm. And so it's something that's very, it's frustrating because she, and I hadn't really, it's difficult to go back and relay the results and talk about it. It's, it's very difficult for her to get back up. And I, I would file it again next session for her if that was something she'd be comfortable doing. It's up to her. But I know it was a very um, upsetting that it had not even moved out of one committee. So it's, that's one of the fr more frustrating things about being a legislator is not being able to get to move the, the policy. Excellent. Selena and I are going to ask you each one more policy business related question. Then we're going to have some fun and, and learn a little bit more about Representative Slosberg, what she likes, what she dislikes on a pop culture basis. And then I'll finish us out with, with the lightning round. Okay. I'm going to go first. Yep. But what are your views on mental health issues, not just in general, but in the school systems and for the police department? Because I feel like a lot of things that are going on right now maybe a result of some sort of trauma, PTSD, or just not addressing a mental health issue that probably has been there from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think there is a major, it, what we have to do is we, we, first of all, mental health in the schools are underfunded. A hundred percent. We need to fund mental health in our schools. And second, we have to tell, we have to also let our children and everybody know that it's okay to say it, you need mental health help or you need to take a mental health day. I actually had filed legislation that would have given students um, the ability in, in school districts at their option to have take mental health days. Because it's so important to start that dialogue young, to say, mom or dad, I want to take today and have a mental health day or I have certain issues that have been bothering me. And, and mental health is just as important as your physical health. You re it's really something that we need to tell our kids it's okay to t talk about openly. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. The longer it could actually create more mental health difficulties like PTSD. And so there are, it, it's okay to get help. It, it's something that we, the stigma, I think it's important that we remove that stigma around mental health. Another piece of legislation that I filed regarding mental health is requiring insurance companies, although on the federal level, they are required, insurance companies are required to cover in parity mental health and, and, and physical injury. However, it's not really, there's no accountability. There's, it's just, they make these obstacles to covering mental health issues. There's these pre-approvals that need to be given and all these other obstacles that they, they put in the way to actual covering mental health issues. So one of the issues that I, or one of the pieces of legislation I filed last session would have given, would have made some type of accountability when, to the insurance companies so that we would be able to track what they're covering and how they're covering it, how they're denying coverage. For mental health issues, which I plan again to work on next issue. It's, it's really a, a big issue. And I think with this COVID crisis too, we have, I mean, naturally we have a big issue with, with law enforcement and fire with 
our mental health having we have to I, I think we have to also fund policies and be more policy friendly for mental health for those groups and, and, and given our COVID situation we're gonna we're gonna see this coming up in the legislature I actually requested that we have a committee fully focused on mental health issues because we have health and human services um, but we don't have anything that really focuses on just mental health and, and the state of New York they actually have a mental health committee a full committee mm-hmm. My last policy-related question is, why should the constituents of your district vote for you and why? I I was elected in 2016. I love my job. I love serving the the constituents of my district. My office is on the corner of Hagen Ranch and Atlantic in Delray. It's right in the heart of District 91. We're always there for you. My phone number, too, can be found probably on the Curva website. I love what I do. I I, I love being your voice in Tallahassee. It's an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege to serve House District 91, and I really look forward to anyone that, and I really appreciate all of the support. I know you have my vote, so you don't have to worry about that, but we're working hard to make sure we send you back to Tallahassee. So just shifting gears a little bit, we're going to go into a little pop culture banter. So my first question for you, Representative Slosberg, is what is your favorite song and why, and what event does it capture in your life? Oh, that's a great question. My favorite song, oh my. I love country music. Let me think about that. I would say that's such, that's such a hard question too, that you pose right there. I'll give you two or three if you can't just narrow it down to one. Okay, I could give you a few of okay. here. I like Vince Gill. I like, it reminds me of, I, I like the song When I Call Your Name. It reminds me of the old days growing up. Like my family, we, we would always listen to, we, we, we've had such great memories in, with Vince Gill. We just, I say, yeah, Vince Gill for sure. When I, I would not have, I would have not have guessed that. <laughs> we learned something new. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Let's see. What was your favorite 80s movie? Or what is your favorite 80s movie of all time and 80s celebrity? I, I, can I do 90s? If, if okay. I, 90s, you can do 90s. But you have to tell us your 90s celebrity crush, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So my favorite movie, pictures '90s, is Legends of the Fall, with yeah, that with Anthony Hopkins. Legends of the Fall. Have you ever seen Very that? Good. Yes, yeah, I good. love Anthony Hopkins. I love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. I also like that my, which is great because my crush is in there. Brad Pitt has always been my crush '90s and and forward. So how? Yeah, he ages. Yeah. And it's just a tearjerker. I I love that. I just love. Everything about, I just, yeah. And, and my favorite actor is probably, is Anthony Hopkins. Okay, my excellent. Brad Pitt. So it has two of my favorites in there. What show or shows have you been binge watching? Oh. Okay, def- Netflix, it's called Blood Money. And it's, it's not even in English. It's a Turkish, it's in Turkish. They're speaking Turkish, but it's English subtitled. And that has, it has one season that is, spans like over a hundred episodes. So I still haven't finished it. Wow, okay. <laughs> It, it's it's like a it's almost like a soap a Turkish soap opera. It's it's phenomenal. It, it's okay, actually, check that out. Yeah, I, I, I watched Cobra Kai, so I have nothing left to watch now on Netflix. <laughs> so I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, I want to know if you were. Okay, last question. If you could eat anything, if you were stuck on an island, what would it be? Oh my gosh, what a good question. I yes, actually, the good questions on attorneys yeah. are human too. <laughs> pipe pizza, cheese pizza, nothing on it. 
Okay, excellent. So now we're going to go to the lightning round, this or that questions. So my first question is a pizza question. New York pizza or Chicago. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. And you have a dog. What's your dog's name? Because I see on, on Facebook, you're always with your doggy. Dorito. She's what a kind of dog is it? <laughs> a schnauzer and a pug mix. It's just snug. Oh, it's a cutie. It's a cutie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Hugs or kisses? Kisses. Okay. And last but not least, drum roll, please. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Representative Slosberg. And for those of you that don't know, please vote early often for Representative Slosberg on the November ballot. How can we find you online? And uh, Yep, you could go on Facebook and, and just type in Emily Slosberg. I'm on Twitter as well. Just type in Emily Slosberg. I have a Twitter and a, and a Facebook and you, you, that's where you'll find. I have a, I have a, and, and those are all connected to the website. So you can find my website on through Facebook or, or Twitter. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And again, please vote for Representative Sosberg. She's working hard for all of us to keep everybody safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Attorneys Are Human Too. Please subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast host. Please also leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time.